Joshua Morales podcast. Lord, we just uh, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity. And and Lord, today I, I just first want to just ask for your your healing and peace to be with uh, the families of the victims that they lost uh, those that were so dear to their heart. And Lord, I, I remember also those that that their lives were saved and and we're joyful for that. But I know that even through the saving of their life, they still can be walking through some trials. So, Lord, I ask you, Lord, for, for the survivors that you you strengthen their hearts, too. And, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here today with these guys. And, and Lord, I just pray for your peace and protection over them. Continue to be using them. And, Lord, we just ask for this podcast that it's going to be more than just a show and more, more than just going back in time. But, Lord, that you can use this to bring people the knowledge that they need of, of what really happened in the history, but also to, to remember that you can use this to bring us closer together and bring our community closer together, the island, the Port Isabel, Laguna Vista, Laguna Heights, that we can be a closer community than we've ever been before. And Lord, we thank you for the past 20 years, and we thank you that you're going to never leave us or forsake us. You're here yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. As always, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make you make sure you subscribe now. Everything's coming out on YouTube. Uh, we have it on Spotify. We have it on iTunes. But for the most part, it's going to be on YouTube. And I think this is where people can visually see stuff. I think people like to see who was involved, even though it's been 20 years later. So as you can tell, we have a special guest. And I say special guest because uh, you were an integral part of this night and I think you made these guys feel like uh, a sense of calmness. I think when it got to the point of that night everything had been just unraveled, their morale was down, you were a beacon of light per se, right? Sure. I hope so. So uh, I just want to introduce you, um, Pastor Hyde. Um, this is the YouTube audience everybody's been watching this. I know people have been following this and um, want to see people so I think seeing you now and and seeing what these guys are doing here we're just missing Tony they can put a and face of course to too, yeah they can the put name. a face to it so I'm glad uh, Roland you showed up oh yeah I always love it when you're around man it's worth the drive it's worth the drive <laughs> <laughs> worth the drive to see this young man oh wow so, young <laughs> see, I'll, take, if, I'll if, take if, anything I can if I had to call you young I'm still a boy then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, I still see y'all as boys in a way you know yeah, yeah, so we, were there. we chatted on the phone a few times and, and hearing your story it's, it's quite incredible from everything that happened that night uh, kind of take us back to what you experienced that night when you found these guys at the time that they were like 20 years old well, you know, the way to sort of describe the, how the night began for me, uh, before I ever got there, I had received a, a phone call about 2.45 in the morning, and uh, one of the members of my church, uh, Bob Harris, Robert Harris, um, he was the fire marshal, and so there were nights also that he would do security work at Louis and different, you know, restaurants and all, and, so I had gotten a call that night, uh, Pastor Bob did not come home, and the bridge has collapsed, and we're afraid that he was on the bridge. And uh, it was his wife, Anita, who had called me, and <clears throat> so I, I woke up and uh, told my wife, uh, and she said, well, we better all go. And so everyone piled into the little minivan and uh, traveled into Port Isabel, and. Uh, what is now the Causeway Cafe, uh, that little area there, we just sort of pulled over and parked on the side of 100. And I walked uh, to where they, they said that the station point was, uh, sort of by the Dolphin Watch area. And so I got down there and, and uh, the Harris family, Bob Harris's family was there and uh, I just began to talk with them and we had a prayer. and. Um, it is a very sad situation because you're sort of dealing with the unknowns. We don't know that he's there, but people are beginning to rumor and say, you know, Bob was on the bridge. And so um, I look over after being with them and praying with them, and I saw these four young boys, and I know they're men now, but uh, I just saw these four young boys, and 
they just looked traumatized. And so my first thought was, well, they must have been in the accident. Uh, they were, you know, a part of this. And uh, so I went over to them and I, I asked them, I said, uh, did y'all fall off the bridge? Were y'all in the accident? And they said, no, but they began to tell their story to me that, um, you know, that they had been a part of trying to save lives. But when I looked at them, you could just tell um, they didn't look like they had just been out on a nice little fishing trip. But you could tell the shock on their face and that they had gone through trauma too, um, just walking through this situation. And, and so I believe at that point, um, you know, I had a word of prayer with them, just, you know, asking God to come into the situation and uh, to get them been there peace. all along. Yeah. You've been there all along. He had been. Uh, you reminded us. Yeah, the Lord had been there. And uh, and so that's sort of how it all started right there when I when I saw them. I thought that they were a part of, you know, that they had come off the bridge or something. And, and, um, and then that evening it just began to sort of mushroom. Uh, they began to... There's words that were people were saying, you know, well, this one was on the bridge. We think this one too. Families are trying to account for their loved ones. And um, there was another couple that went off the bridge and uh, that's, you know, with Bob and then with Barry and Chelsea, it was a, a couple that I'd counseled with and had married them. Oh. And uh, then they had little William. Uh, so Barry called me, he said, hey preacher, he says, uh, we're gonna do, do whatever you need to do you know I don't know what it's called but whatever you need to do to the baby and I said well, well how about blessing he yeah. said that'll work <laughs> and, uh, he wasn't a church one person so uh, I went over there and dedicated little William and had barbecue with them and and so Barry and Chelsea they their lives were lost that night too let me ask you this sure 20 years later now that we're at this point uncovering a lot of the stuff from different angles from different people that were underwater how does it make you feel about the story that we're telling now well 20 years later it's like now what it, it I think a lot of people maybe have forgotten about it and I think that what you're doing is you're bringing it to light in in a more detailed way to where people may not have understood like you know, wow, that happened, or this took place, and and uh, like I remember that night with with these guys. Um, you know, the Lord just sort of spoke to me, and when they had told me that they had already been rescuing some out of the water, you know, to me, I mean, that was just remarkable. Uh, you know, many people they run from a problem, but they didn't run; they ran into the situation. They wanted to to help, and. It's sort of it's it's sort of a weird thing comparing you know generations you know 20 years ago to now you know because a lot of young people today they're they're busy with their games and you know and here these guys they were out for a fishing trip but yet when the moment arose that they were needed and I do believe that God used them that night I, I think I told them when I was talking with them uh, you know Jesus when he he was dealing with his disciples. And so most of these disciples, these were fishermen. And so he would speak, he spoke to them, he would speak in parables in the Bible. In the New Testament, you'll find Jesus uh, speaking in parables, which are short stories, so that people would understand at their level, you know. What, and so that's what he was doing with the disciples. And he told them, he said, come and follow me. And I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Of men. And what he was telling them is, you're still going to fish, but it's not for those kind of fish, but I'm gonna use you to, to reach people. And so that night, I, I don't know, it just came from my heart. I told him, you know, mm -hmm. God has used you guys, what you thought you were gonna go out to do. Because see, I believe that God has a big picture. He already knew, you know, what was going to take place. And he knew that they were going to be placed there in their little boat. And see, it's not for us to know all the details. You know, if we knew everything, I don't know that we would do half of what we do right. <laughs> if we knew the full picture. So God just, he, he plans things out. And so I believe that he used them that night to be a fisher of men, to not just go out on a casual fishing trip to catch some reds or trout, 
but to be able to save some lives. Yeah, which which you all caught nothing. Nothing. Not, <laughs> not a single, and that trend hasn't improved. Yeah. We still go out and catch nothing. Let me ask you this, Roland. Um, we had this conversation off camera where, where you don't have children at that time. Right. And you're like, well, why, how did this come over me? What do you feel like talking to now, Pastor Hyde? What do you feel that, that was going on? Well, it's it's kind of comforting but eerie because your voice, I don't even have to look at you, just your, your voice, voice just yeah. brings that blanket over me again. This real just calmness, this real just it's, and steadiness. Just, yeah, exactly. And um, right when you got off your car, when I first saw you, I just instantly the glasses, your your your, your hair, the way you came at us, that's the way it felt that night. Just here's someone that's finally going to because remember we were overlooked by the police, we were overlooked by um, people that were back and forth, EMS. They didn't. They, as a matter of fact, you called the EMS, EMS to come to help Robert because yeah. you noticed that he was burned. Right. So even like that, being on the edge of the bridge, it was. We were still timid. We were still quiet, in pain. And so, besides bringing a spiritual comfort, you brought us actual yeah, uh, relief. Comf relief from getting someone to come hear us because we we look like kids on the side of the, of the bridge. But uh, being here, being, in, being in, in this house right now is, is extremely comforting, extremely warming. Because we were here about a week or two after this, and mm -hmm. you had a service that we were a part of. And yes. You mentioned the Fishermen, and I, I went home, and, and there was no Google back then. So I had to open it you up, open and it, it took longer to find yeah. it yeah. than well, it would nowadays. You did. Yes. <laughs> you did. Yeah. You did. And I'll be really honest with you, whenever there's been any issues in my life when I needed to see counseling, um, unfortunately, I didn't go to any other church or any other uh, facility to do that. I just thought about, you know, my own had my own thoughts, and the only, the only thought I could think of is a fisher of men, fisher of men. God used you once. Whatever hardships you're dealing with now, He's using you again. That's right. So you'll figure it out because too much good has been done through you. There has to be more for you. Mm -hmm. He has a plan. And yeah, I actually, for you. I really yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. That's right. Robert, let me ask you, when, when you all got onto to the pier finally, um, there was a time where, where Pastor Hyde had called over the authorities. The authorities. Yeah. Talk about that and then lead into how that made you feel, because there was some, some turmoil there that happened. <clears throat> well, after, after you uh, prayed for us, you, you noticed that my shorts were kind of burnt into my thigh here and we were pretty beat up so he rushed over to go get help for us and in that process other entities heard that we were involved in the accident so naturally they gravitated to us but when they realized that we weren't in it that we were in the water as soon as they tended to me um, and Roland who were the most banged up um, their curiosity got the best of them you know, and it didn't make sense to them why we were out there because of the riptide that night, because the, the boat ramps had been supposedly closed. And um, I think in conjunction with what happened in 9-11, their, their minds or their thoughts were still, you know, still catering to the possibility that, that there could have been some malice intent that night. And I think that's what took hold of them when they grabbed Roland and us and myself and and began ushering us to the Port Isabel Police Department on foot. Um, Roland's right. When Pastor Hyde walked up to us, it was there was a, a, a calming it was, there was a calming effect there. You need to understand that we we say that we were sitting that we were standing there and I think the people or people who are listening kind of envision us just kind of standing there with our arms crossed, like, okay, we did this. We were still very much in shock. There was a lot of heavy breathing. Tony was still in, in this funk. You know, he could not shake what he had just witnessed until Pastor Hyde walked up to us. There was... Our, our life was just a blur of sirens and, and, and voices on radios and, and a lot of shuffling around. And it was just chaotic. As soon as he came in and asked us those questions, he engaged us in a way to where we had to answer 
but there were very emotionless answers. It was just kind of like a yes and a no, and there was fatigue. When he prayed for us, what had happened didn't matter anymore. You know, we, we did our best, and um, we did what we could, and I realized then exactly what you had said. God had placed us there, and it's almost as a reel of little things that happened that night that led to us being there flashed in my head. Had the, had the owner of the bait shop, the quick stop bait shop, denied us service as he should have because they were closing when we got there. He didn't have to sell us anything. He didn't have to tell me, just fish under the boat. You know, you don't have to go too far. Just tie yourself up to a pillar and fish there. That was the Lord's work. When Leroy turns at us in the boat and says, hey, what would you guys do if cars started falling in the water? That was the Lord's voice we recognized coming from Leroy's mouth, man. Yeah. It, was, it was him talking to us, prepping us for what was to come. I had no earthly ability to imagine that those things were happening um, by his grace until Pastor Hyde walked up on us. Everything made sense at that point. And when you can come to terms with the fact that it wasn't a decision that you made yourself, um, you were being used, you were a tool. I needed you and I placed you here to do that. I think that's where courage and, and um, you know, boldness and things like that comes from. I think that we get uh, possessed by the spirit and, and, and they use us, he uses us to do his good work and if we pay attention he's talking to us through these little signs we've just lost the ability to recognize them pastor hyde was the last piece of the puzzle that i snapped in and then i could see the picture and it the picture was his hands moving us around and doing things that's the peace you feel when you get here mm -hmm. that's the tranquility that you feel when you get here because it is the presence, and it's not of the individual, no, but it's of the Lord, and 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 of that energy that inspires us to do good, that that uh, gives us courage when we need it. When I lacked it, Roland gave it to me in the form of a kiss. Why things happen? If I sit here and try to answer that question, I'm, my my mind will explode. I've come to terms with there's no other explanation than the good grace of, of God. Pastor Hyde, let me ask you, uh, because we've had, we've had a lot of people comment on, on, on the podcast and, and the YouTube comments. Uh, some people are saying God was there with you all. Well, what about God wasn't there for the people that fell off the bridge? How do, you, how do you approach that? Because for me as a host of a show, I, I don't know how to answer this. I don't know if you guys know how to answer it, but I, I believe you would be the person to address oh, I'll tell that. You this. There's a lot of questions in life that we're going to always have. And um, things don't always turn out the way that we would want them to. And I don't know that, you know, there's an old song that says, we'll understand it better by and by. A lot of these answers we'll get when we face Him and when we see our Lord face to face. The things that he, I think he'll answer a lot of all of our questions for us, but you know, to try to what Robert was saying to stop and try to analyze everything, it, it'll make you go crazy. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they know this, but over the holidays, I lost my my baby sister. Just forty-seven years old. Uh, she had been a librarian for years. A misdiagnosis of COVID. Wow. Uh, she thought that she had it and. And um, she didn't. Uh, she had a pulmonary embolism, and before we knew it, she was gone. And my father's been a minister for over 70 years. He'll be turning 91 this month. Uh, and even Dad, he, he has questions, and my mother. And, and so what we have to do is we have to put things in the hands of God. Only God knows. So what we deal with is what we do know. And that is that they were there. So everyone has their own beliefs. My belief is that God had them there for this reason. 
to be able to analyze, but what about the victims? You know, we don't know. And we don't understand. But what I do know is that God did use them at that moment. And even through the funerals uh, that I conducted, uh, God used those situations to touch lives. Uh, I'll never forget, I never would have ministered to two or three hundred surfers, but I did because of Barry and Chelsea. And we had a wonderful service in memory of them. Uh, I never would have ministered to all the firefighters and, and police officers like we did at, at Robert Harris's funeral. Uh, I'll never forget with Barry and Chelsea, the, uh, there was a cremation done and there were 200 surfers on surfboards. Wow. And to watch them take the ashes out into the Gulf. I, I'd never been a part of that, but I was able to minister to those people. They never would have come into the right. doors of this church. So there were some positive things that did turn out of something that was a tragic uh, event. Um, and these, young, these boys, these young men, they'll never be the same again. But hopefully they can take what God has done through them. And, you know, he, he has us in different places. And he's going to use us. The thing I want to get across is it's not about your ability but your availability. See, a lot of people, they're, they're, they're sort of on the edge. They're like, well, I want to let God use my life, but you know, I don't have enough talents. I don't have enough gifts. I don't have enough abilities. But God, God's not looking for that. He's just looking for a heart, someone that's just available. And so by no means do we want people to think that, you know, that they were gifted and talented. I'm, I'm sure you are gifted. I really believe that what it was is they were available. And when the, when the time came, God sent them forth and they were willing to help. Wow. Yeah. How does it make you all feel seeing Pastor Hyde so many years later? I'll say that it makes me fear for um, lack of communication. We should not have waited this long to rekindle yeah. this. You know, I, 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 it makes me think that there are people of value in my life that I haven't reached out to. That have should. always been there. Yeah. You don't, you don't, it's funny because you don't bring back memories to me of that night. It's more of a uh, serenity. Like, like I feel like I, I've missed too many barbecues with <laughs> the past, you know. So uh, it's, it's surreal because to walk into this, to this church, and knowing that I have a friend that I can count on, I feel a little embarrassed. Shame on me, I haven't, I haven't taken advantage of, of, of conversations that, that I know you'd be willing to have with me. Well, so, yeah. well you had to come to my house so because I've never been to yours. <laughs> so, you know, so, and, and I've driven by here several times. So honestly, I feel a little guilty because uh, there, there's value here. And, and, and uh, hearing you speak and, and reminiscing about the things we endured that night is, uh, that is what it is. It's a part of our story. What I feel is, is just a little embarrassed and a little shame that, that, that that's the only thing that we had in common was that night. Um, I'm sure there are more things and- We can make new memories. And we can make new memories. So I feel a little, you know, a little saddened about the time that I've wasted, but uh, inspired of, uh, you know, for what's to come. Roland. Yeah, could, Robert hit it perfect. It, it, how many, I've, in the last 20 years, I've probably been on the island at least 200 times or more, if not mm -hmm. more. And just with the little nod to myself, yeah. regardless of who's in the car, just a little nod like, all right, there's Pastor Hyde. Non-stop, whether I'm crossing or coming. coming I was yeah. here two weeks ago. I came by, I pulled into the Isabella's to pick up a taco. And then I think I knew you were having shorts because the parking lot was full. And I said, oh, I'm wearing shorts. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not welcome there right yes, now. You are. <laughs> Come as you are. Come as you shorts are. After the night I had. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you need to come the most. But the, the thing is, it's that nod, that acknowledgement that there's my comfort that I yeah, need. Yeah, it's the, the veil. That will last. 
So if I don't see you for another 20 years, well, no, let's not do that. No, but know <laughs> this: that the impact you had then lasted. It was an imprint. Quite a bit. Yeah, it's been imprinted. It's been it's been imprinted quite a bit on us, and on, on no other explanation. Rather than go crazy thinking about mm -hmm. what we did and how it came together, rather than go crazy, it was, Pastor Hyde said it best, and I just use it over and over: the Fisher, the Fisher of Men, and that's just the best way to just stop thinking about what we could have done better. We already did what we needed to do. Yeah. Because, see, God will take the natural, and then when you bring God into the situation, the natural becomes supernatural. It, it, it may look in the natural realm one way, but God's actually doing something supernatural. supernatural. We experienced that that evening, hands down. Um, I've never been, if I was in church growing up, it meant that my father had recently tripped over the same stone and told my wife, my mom, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna start going to church, we're gonna go to church. And then for the next four or five consecutive Sundays, there we were at church and then that would dissipate. Church for me wasn't uh, very present in, in, my, in my upbringing, but the fear of God was. The fear of, 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 of disappointing you know, God and, and, and you know, we all had that the Ten Commandments up on the wall in the entrance. So we, we were spoken to about God as much as they knew how to speak to us about it. And then as I got older, um, it became a, a chore, you know. It became something that I wasn't, uh, I didn't want to be a part of, but I always had that undertow of, but I don't want to upset God. That evening, religion didn't matter. That's how, the key. How much time? This yeah. is the key. How much time I spent in the church didn't matter. Yeah. It didn't matter whether I could quote scripture. I was a sinner at the time, and I still probably am, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And it didn't matter. I was God's child, and he needed me, and he needed Roland to convey to me that we were going to be okay. But for the time being, God needed my attention and my relationship with him to be stout enough to trust that he was going to take care of us and we went towards that towards that bridge so that night i didn't inherit uh, a love for religion or structured religion i didn't inherit i didn't inherit um horrible traumatic memories you know which are there what i inherited is an innate knowledge that we're his tools we're here by his grace mm -hmm. and what you said a little while ago about something being very natural turning into something supernatural, it struck a, a chord with me because it was very natural for us to go night fishing. It was very mm -hmm. natural for us to be in the water. That night became supernatural when we were needed by him to tend to the people who were in the water. That day, my relationship with the Almighty was cemented in something tangible, a scar that I could have, that I still have. Every time I've gone through a trying period in my life or thought that I was alone, I remember how dark it was that night and how we were still able to do magnificent things. Captain, uh, what was his name? Steve, right? Captain Steve. Captain Steve said, I don't know how you guys survived. I don't know how yep. you guys didn't get capsized. I don't know how it was so choppy and so dark and so this. And I'm gonna tell you something. While we were there, there was zero concern for our own safety. There was zero concern for this is gonna get worse or escalate. After Roland told me, Robert, we need to go help. There could be kids in there. It was as if he had put some sort of, yeah, an armor over me, man. And then it didn't matter anymore. You said, bro, you're right, let's go. And we went. A man or an individual convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. I've heard that saying somewhere. It didn't apply that night. I was convinced against my will, but I was no longer of the same opinion that we shouldn't help. Yeah. So our availability, like you said, is what matters. So if you make yourself available to be used by the Almighty, you can 
save lives, even if it's just calling an old friend who might be, you know, missing you and feeling down or suicidal and you decide to call him, that's God using you to interrupt what he doesn't want to happen. You know, so I think that if we open ourselves up to to that, to simply that, just be available. Um, I think I think things as epic and as monumental as what we've lived through can derive from it. You know, relationships, 20-year relationships. Let me say something real quick. You, you said about relationship, your relationship with God was cemented. And see, this is the key because religion is empty. You know, religious uh, rhetoric and, and just going through the format and, uh, of religious expression, what God is really looking for is a relationship. Uh, there's an old phrase that I've heard for years, and it's, it says, going to church doesn't make you more of a believer than going to McDonald's will make you a hamburger. <laughs> uh, you know, you can sit inside the church building and just go through the motions. Uh, you can, you know, just go through the religious expressions. But it's that deep, that relationship within your heart that only you can have with God and that he created you to have with him is what will carry you through. And so it was the relationship that you had with him that activated you mm -hmm. into being used. And you were available, your heart was ready, and he used you. And he used us. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly as much as I know that the four of us are sitting here now I know that God was there with us that night there's no other explanation let's not downplay the the traumatic experiences that obviously happened but then happened after the fact when you all were ushered in interrogated <laughs> and then going into the court system uh, we've kind of already touched on that but uh, I, I can tell when, when I talk to you guys like there, there's something there that you're still dealing with, especially because I, I, I see yeah, we spend often. Most time here. So I, I can tell, I can feel it, and I can tell, and I, 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 I see sometimes you're very reserved about your feelings, which I completely understand. Thank you. But that's not, you also went through some traumatic experiences as well after the whole situation, Pastor Ed. Can you touch on that? Yeah, well, first, you know, whenever I was with these young men and we had prayed together, and. I went over and talked to a couple of uh, EMTs. I believe Charlie was one of them. And uh, I told Charlie, I said, uh, one of these young guys, they're, they've been burned on their leg. And um, then I told a couple of the other officers, because they were just sort of separate. You know, they were down there by themselves. And I said, you know, God used them. Uh, they've saved some souls. They've saved some lives. And uh, I even went over to Gilbert Hinojosa, the county judge, and I let him know, you know, we got four young men over here. I think later on they were, uh, after their ordeal, they were recognized, uh, recognized by the county. But uh, it was the, the strangest thing because here I'd been praying with them and working with them, and then I went and let them know that they were needing medical attention, and probably about 30 minutes later, I see them taken away. Wow. So I'm following them. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, so I was like, uh, where are y'all going? No, 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 you just stay, stay back. And all of a sudden now I'm, I'm told that I can't be near him. And uh, so that was sort of a strange thing. That was hard for us because at that point he was our security blanket. Yeah. He was the only person that he was had like, He was basically our father out there yeah. that was going to speak for us now. He became mother hen to us. And then all of a sudden they were blocking him and saying, no, they're, they're going somewhere else. You can't follow them. And we're looking back at Pastor Hyde like that was the only face that we had any trust yeah. in at that moment. And I kept one. I asked, where are y'all taking them? And no one would tell Nobody me. Would tell us. So yeah. finally, uh, one of the officers says, well, they're over at the, the PD. They're at the, the station, at the office. So I went on and got back into the van and traveled with my family, went over there and went up to the door. And, and they said, no, they, they can't have anyone in here with them. And um, so... I ended up waiting, it was several hours, and uh, finally they, they came out, and uh, I was able to, to talk with mm -hmm. them, but it sort of took a turn that I had not expected, and, and then there were some, you know, I was there ministering to some of the people, uh, other family members, that they needed someone that could pray with them too, and so I just pretty much was, like we've talked about, being available. Lord, wherever you want me to be used, and uh, I'll never forget uh, praying with the Martinez family, with Hector's family, 
and then someone called me and hey this family would like for you to go pray with them and so it was just sort of being wherever God needed me just be there and uh, so some of the attacks came from within uh, sometimes people don't understand uh, what you may be doing you know uh, the days to come they would bring bodies out and families needed somebody there uh, that could pray with them uh, you know thanking God for their loved one uh, praying peace and strength with them and, and so I would do that and so there were some ministers that didn't understand really what was going on that uh, I was just being there to be used as a, a tool also to help them and and so some came from people that uh, judgments from people that I never expected you know they were close to me and and then others from that I didn't even know uh, of the clergy that they just didn't understand the situation no one was there I wasn't there to try to uh, take people or get people to come to my church. Uh, no, nothing like that. It was, how can I be used of God to help bring peace to this situation? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, the loss of lives, the hearts that were hopeless, they needed hope. And so that's what I felt God had me there for was to try to bring that, be his hands, be his feet. You brought that hope to us for sure. This was such an event that had such magnitude, and and every uh, a lot of people talk about this being the 9/11 of the South Padre Island. Um, why don't why don't you think it's getting more love, I guess, from from South Padre Island or Port Isabel about it? Uh, you know, we sort of have this tendency um, with time that things that are joyful and, and wonderful, we want to remember them. But then the things that, you know, uh, bring sadness. Uh, see, people don't realize that God can take sadness and he can take dismal situations and he can bring about joy and new beginnings. And so sometimes people, they, they just want to try to forget. Uh, but yet I want to remember because these were lives that were lost that we still need to be praying for their mm -hmm. families. But then again, you know, like there's, you have William and uh, he was just an infant. I've been able to see him later on in life as he grew up. Um, but you know, a lot of people, they tend to just sort of put it in the back, you know, let's just forget about that. Uh, but yet it is a part of our history. Exactly right. It happened mm -hmm. that night. Uh, you can try to forget about it all you want, but it's not going to go mm -hmm. away. It, it happened and so we learn from that and maybe what we need to learn is to allow it like it did then it brought us closer together it can still do that and, and I think it is right now yeah I think it is right now you, you, it made strangers friends it uh, it made uh, <clears throat> children into men and um, and I think that it, it, it has done good and there there's you're always going to find some sort of turmoil and uh, 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 especially a darkness right before the light and and I think over the last 20 years I've taken away a lot of positive uh, things from it sometimes uh, you know I've, I've, I've walked onto the beach and, and seen people who either have recognized me from then or are now recognizing me from the podcast and come up and say Hey man, I saw your podcast. I heard the story. That's awesome. You did amazing. Back then, growing up, our culture doesn't teach us how to receive right. compliments well. Um, we're taught to be very humble, and um, so when when back then, when receiving a compliment, the discomfort of receiving it, not knowing how to or what to do with it, would often. Yeah. forced me to retreat from that individual and for all I know now those compliments could have been coming from somebody that God wanted me to have contact with and instead of me engaging and saying thank you let me shake your hand what's your name and receive it well yeah I would shy away from it and say hey thanks you know it wasn't much uh, I would the, the humility would overwhelm me into a little cocoon and now when people tell me hey Rob that was outstanding what you guys did that night rolling kissing in your forehead and I heard this and they're reciting back things to me that I've said it is very much so uplifting it's well received and now I say what's your name let's talk let's visit 
and let's you know converse about different things and and i see my network of friends and acquaintances and people that i have things in common with yet i don't physically know them has been birthed through this so i think that retelling the story is at least for now giving me the opportunity to respond better to compliments when it comes to that night and uh, praise for the things that we did that night and now that I know how to receive that it's uh, it's been the birth of a bunch of relationships you know and, and new acquaintances that I think yeah. uh, bring value to to at least my life right now have you experienced anything like that Roman well I'm in San Antonio so this, the bridge story doesn't exist in San Antonio but with my family members my girlfriend and her family because that's my extended family now I get that positive feedback and it just goes back to being used by the Lord mm -hmm. to do this this thing we did because how it now, I can't, I flat out got asked, well, what would you do now? And my first, my first response was, well, I don't think I would, I would do that. But I was put in a situation about three years ago uh, on the strip in Las Vegas, um, there was a, a shootout in, inside of a bus, a commuter bus. And me and my girlfriend were there and she reminded me once again, the calmness that came over me when everyone was frantic and running. I was telling her, hold on, let's wait before we get off. Cause we could, I mean, we're, the butts was from here to that back wall. That's wow. how close we were into the middle of the shootout. And her car stayed on the strip for about five, six hours when they investigated it. But she started telling me, no, you were, I remember you being so calm. I remember you walked over to the lady that got shot and said, Hey, do you need any help? What's going on? You got water from the, the valet for her and left and then it's when it hit me like a ton of bricks again okay i am i am been i thought all this time i will never be in a situation where i have to calm people down mm -hmm. or my girlfriend at the time and and get a positive feedback positive result so her telling me that story again about what happened i think it was about three or four years ago i'm a true believer that that us, you, even you, even you, Josh, even you coming and doing all this. I know it's a lot of work to put these lights up and all that. Right. You're being used as a tool right now to get our word out and and comfort. And I've listened to the podcast. So I mean, all those views, probably me, I'll constantly, constantly <laughs> listen to it because you, I could hear it over and over, and it's amazing how many parts that just ring a bell back and forth, back and forth. And then when you told me you. Pastor Hyde was willing to come and speak. I had to, I drove down to San Antonio. I woke yep. up at 5 a.m. I drove straight over here, and I was like, I mentioned it. It was such a comforting, calm drive. I didn't realize that I had no radio on until I hit Raymondville, all the way down from 3777, and it was just this comfort that that uh, came over me, and it's still over me. So you just recharged my batteries for another 20 <laughs> for years. 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that I don't think people really understand about about the the platform of podcasting it, it can go into as much detail as we want mm -hmm. we can we can keep going keep digging and keep getting so many people's perspective because i think this podcast would have ended a long time ago if it wasn't such an event of magnitude yeah, right like yeah. there's so much depth to this there's so many people involved and every week somebody comes out and mm -hmm. talks about something i was in, in austin a while back and a lady had called me and she said that she had been dreaming about that bridge collapsing uh, four years before. And she would tell everybody and she'd tell everybody and she lost a bunch of friends and family wow. members because they thought she was crazy. And she was crying on the phone and she was like, and it happened. So it's just, it's just so, it's very interesting because certain things happen in my life too where everything coincides now. Like I see different things mm -hmm. from this, the podcast, but uh, it's, it's very interesting to see how it's, unraveling yeah per se and how it affected i had no idea that there was any kind of turmoil or backlash for your efforts that night like i it, it baffles me that people would misconstrue that from any angle um so i i, I uh I find it almost even a little offensive because I have this personal attachment to you and an association with you of that evening being yeah. nothing but humble and open to whoever needed him. So to get backlash or to get uh, get that misconstrued or or uh, painted in, a, in an ugly <coughs> picture is, is sorely disappointing to me because um, although you, you weren't able to be in the water that night 
um, you sure did do a lot of saving in the little time that you were there. Had we been lost in our thoughts for moments longer in that huddle, I don't know how deep down the rabbit hole I would have gone in because the amount of fear we were experiencing <coughs> was real. It was vision. We could see it on each other's faces. We 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 couldn't speak about what had just happened because we were still in the middle of processing it. Pastor Hyde comes up and offers his his you know a gentle touch on the shoulder, and it seemed to dissipate. So um, I feel I feel a, a a little bit attacked right now hearing what you had to endure 20 years ago, and it uh, it confuses me. I, I don't think that that should have happened. <clears throat> well, it's <clears throat> you just—it's hard to. <clears throat> sorry. You know, <clears throat> you don't always know um, what people are judging the motives. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but when you're doing it for the Lord, you just put it into His hands, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> it's. Um, no matter what you're attempting to do, you know, your motives can be judged. But when you know that you're doing it with the right spirit, with the right heart, <clears throat> just like you guys, when you're giving compliments, uh, it's a good thing whenever you're not, you know, when you, you feel like, well, I don't want to hear this, you know, that's not a bad thing because that's a protective uh, thing that God has in your heart to help you resist pride. Because the word tells us pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So God doesn't want us to walk in pride. He wants us to walk in humility. But then we can sort of overreact with it to where when a person's so trying to give a compliment to you, you don't know how to receive it. God wants you to receive it with a humble heart. Mm -hmm. And then you hit it when you said, you know, it's because he used me. And all the glory goes back to him mm -hmm. because really in essence everything that happened that night with God using y'all was God using you mm -hmm. and so <clears throat> he's getting the glory um, we thank him for giving you the the wisdom and knowledge to do what you did and so uh, life is is a journey that we take that um, if we allow the Lord to guide us he will and then when he gives us direction and we walk in it, it's amazing, uh, you know, the lives that can be touched. Before we finish off the podcast, I got one more question, but also I want to remind you all to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't, uh, share it. We're trying to find more people. We have Gustavo Morales, which actually mm -hmm. reached out to us. And I was driving back from the captain's interview, which is kind of weird because I was coming off the bridge and then I get a, a, a friend request from, from Gustavo. And I was like, wow. So I was like, can I call you? <laughs> Let me get you right now. <laughs> so th that was that was super interesting. So we have him coming, uh, I believe next week, we're gonna film something with him, which he was one of the survivors, one of the three only survivors. But before I ask the question, do you all have anything that you wanna share with Pastor Hyde or vice versa? Well, I just love you guys and it's, it's never too late to, to make new relationships and to rekindle, you know, our friendship from years ago. Um, to be honest with you, that's why I said yes to you. Um, my boys had been showing me, uh, and then I shared it with my wife, and I asked her, I said, hon, do you, what do you think I should do? And she said, yeah, go on and, you know, what will it hurt? It will only help. And so both of my sons had been showing me, you know, the the podcast and so I didn't realize it but my mother had gotten involved with this and and um, I get a call from you and uh, and I'm like well how did you get my number and you said from Rosa Watkins and I was like wait a minute that sounds like my mother's name <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I said yes to it really not just for the podcast to go out publicly but I wanted to see you guys. Likewise. And that I, is, I would like to see the others too uh, and reach out to them. We're working on that. You know, and whatever I can do, you know, I would still, I'd like for us to, uh, I think that through this we can become, you know, 
better friends. Sure. Absolutely. And not have to wait 20 years. And not have right. to wait 20 years. <laughs> and I love San Antonio. <laughs> hey, open invitation. One of my kids the lives there. Oh, there you go. I heard he's a really good cook, too. Oh, really? <laughs> I got a barbecue. Uh, honey, can we go to San Antonio? <laughs> <laughs> he said yes. Um, I, uh, I agree, Pastor Hyde. We, we, we uh, should not waste any more time in cultivating what we established 20 years ago that we are friends and that we are um, here for one another um, when you told me that uh, the pastor Hyde had uh, had agreed to see us I honestly felt a little embarrassed that I hadn't been married yeah so um, I think that today lesson for me was uh, was don't judge yourself. Like Rowan said, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we come and we, we look horrible. We're coming back beat up from the beach or we smell like bait. And, and the, the call to stop and pick your head in and see, and see his face and say, hey, remember me has been ever present in my life every time I drive through here. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I feel a little ashamed that I never acted on it. Um, that but you're goes, here today. But I'm here today, yeah, you know, and, and it goes back to those signs I was talking about. When you feel the urge to, to check in on a friend or, or, or to recultivate a, a, a relationship that, that, uh, that you missed, uh, that, could, that could and probably is the higher power trying to nudge you in that direction. So every time I've driven past this assembly here, knowing that there is... Um, a friend in it, I feel embarrassed that I didn't stop more often. I, I really do. So um, if anything, I can say that uh, that's just another positive check mark on the results that this podcast has been bringing me personally. I got to recultivate something here and I got to see a lack of uh, use of a tool that God is using every day here. And um, Tool's been in the shed without me too long, so I think that it's been it's it's a good it's a good re re uh, reunification of of, uh, of friends here, man. And I'm, and I'm gonna capitalize on this warm feeling that I have here being here now. Absolutely. I like what what you said earlier about not receiving compliments because you don't want us to be prideful. That's mm -hmm. that's amazing that you say that because that's exactly what it is. Because I come out down here. Uh, waste today, but for me it's not a waste to be able to get people to hear more about what's happening only because not that I want to be recognized or I want any, anything no. to come from it. It's that if you hear the story and the way it plays out, I mean that's just the tip of the iceberg. Our 20 years that have not gone, they've gone untold mm -hmm. uh, to our family members, to our friends, to people that know us, to each other. Yeah, to each other. And yeah. you Robert got secrets. Uh, mm -hmm. It's shameful that we have them, but it's just the thing we have. But back to the pride thing, it's amazing. This is exactly how it feels when we get these. We were at an event, and, and we actually wanted to be taking photos with. And that was just a weird yeah, kind of feeling. Like, well, I'm, just, I'm nobody to want to take a photo with. But you, you hit it perfectly. It's, it's, we're accepting it, and we're not being prideful. And, we're not and being here's the thing. This is the third person of the Trinity. You know, we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is really the Holy Spirit helping you guard your heart. Mm -hmm. It's a guarding of the heart so that you don't get prideful. It's a defense mechanism. That you stay humble. And there's nothing so, wrong with that yeah. feeling. But at the same time, receive them. Joy. I think that's what I've come to terms with. When I receive them, they, they truly make me feel not prideful or arrogant, no. but they make me feel like I'm at home, you know, like somebody's being genuine with me. And I think that genuine um, sentiment is what we find unfamiliar sometimes because people do use compliments loosely and, and they are free and cheap sometimes. So we never really knew how to gauge them. But when people hear this story and offer a praise or a compliment, it's there's a tone in their voice that is rings sincere. Yeah. And that's the tone that I don't recognize sometimes and that's the one that I don't know how to absorb. It's foreign to me for somebody to really be genuine and say, I don't know you but I'm proud of you. You know, it's yeah. condescending. It sounds condescending, Rob, but 
man, I'm, I'm, I like that I know you and that we're cool because when I tell this story, I can say, yeah, I know that guy. To me, it is an uncomfortable feeling to be referred to or suggested that I am something more than what his potential is. And all that flows through my mind and I wouldn't know how to receive it. Now when people tell me that, I, I tell them, dude, bring it in for a hug. That's great. Just talk about it. And, and I allow myself to engage with an individual instead of you know, running away from the discomfort. So now to hear you say that that's protecting our heart, it's a defense sure. mechanism to keep us from being prideful and arrogant and to grow, yeah. you know, overly confident. Um, that makes perfect sense to me now. It is, and, and let me just give you all a key that my father gave to me and I want to give it to you. This is how I've lived my life because, you know, people will say, Pastor, thank you and thank you. And so when I walk away, and you don't have to do it out loud, just in your heart or you can do it in your breath. Just say, Lord, thank you. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. Yeah. Just give it back to him. And as they thank you, just say, thank you. I like that. Yes. We didn't... Uh, <laughs> we didn't start the podcast with a little prayer, um, but well, maybe we should end it with Absolutely. one. Right, right before we do that, um, when you told me the story <laughs> the second time over over the podcast, there's a part with a woman in the water. Mm -hmm. I have to talk about that. Okay. This is where either people tune out and they're like, nah, forget it. This is BS. <clears throat> Or they're like, wow, there's a whole other aspect here. Um, kind of talk to Pastor Hyde about that because it, it is alive in people's affidavits. Talk to him. I want you all to have that conversation. You know what? That, that's that's actually a pretty good. Uh, you're actually the pretty perfect right, person to ask, to ask that question. That question. Um, aside from all of the serendipitous coincidences that led us to be at that moment in that under that bridge and with that thing that night we all witnessed um a woman and she called to our attention and she she was there for for lack of a better way of describing it and then all of a sudden she wasn't and what we found was Rene. Later that evening, I make several calls to Rene's household, and I speak to a woman. And fast forward two weeks after the bridge collapsed, I come to terms with the fact that the woman that we all saw was never recovered, never found. Nobody ever asked or filed a missing person. And Two weeks after that, we're visiting Rene in, his, in, in the hospital room that he's still recovering in from his injuries. And his father comes out and, and tells me that Rene's mother had passed away two weeks prior to the bridge accident in that very room. They called off the search for this woman that exists only in our memories and on our affidavits after three days because they couldn't find a, a body and nobody was missing. All the bodies were accounted for, they had gone into the water and those that were rescued were obviously being tended to. So we have come to the conclusion since we all saw her and since she brought us to where Rene was resting face down in the water just floating. <clears throat> That it was his mom because when we walked into that hospital room a picture on the nightstand with a striking resemblance of the same white blouse and woman that we saw guide us to where Rene was yeah. was sitting there <clears throat> how should I process that like and and should I I guess I should but how should I interpret it when people tell me, yeah, that didn't happen, man? Well, you know, in my 30 plus years of ministry, I, I've seen, I call it really like mysteries of God. Uh, there's, there's a lot of mysterious things about the Lord. Um, even things that he did, you know, we're celebrating the Easter weekend, last weekend, the resurrection. Mm -hmm. One thing that a lot of people don't know, 
Most people think he died on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and then he went up to the Father. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He ascended. What they don't realize is there's a 40-day period recorded in the Bible that he actually walked the earth performing miracles in 40 days. There was a 40-day period. One month and 10 days, 10 of our, of our time. 40 days that he walked the earth. Uh, in one account, he actually walks through the, the wall, the block wall, a rock wall. He walked right through it, and there he is standing before his disciples. So there's a lot of mysterious things about the Lord, things that he does. So to the natural mind, uh, here again, we're talking about the natural people will put things off but God does supernatural things let me give you one example uh, my mother even right now she's asking the Lord to give her a sign of some peace and strength concerning my sister you know this happened real quick and um, and I've been praying for God to to show mom and dad something and and um, one of the things that he did with my grandfather is my mother had asked the Lord for a sign then and uh, one night, he, she was sleeping, and he just woke her up. And then, I don't know if it was a vision or a dream, but she saw my grandfather walking through like a lake of water dressed all in white. Well, Grandpa never dressed in white. Uh, he was a, a machinist, a tool and die maker. But God gave her that glimpse just to show her, I believe, he's okay. Her, my grandpa, my papa, her mother, He's, he's with me. He's okay. And so I believe in the mysteries of God. I think that they exist. And uh, whether it was really Renee's mom at that moment or God giving a vision of her in the water, uh, to me, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, you knew that it happened. What you saw was real. And, and so I believe that it was once again God in, involved in the situation. And... Um, and if I remember right, y'all were able to find him mm -hmm. uh, right where the last place that she was. Where she was. So, you know, I believe that God was at work again. Uh, and I'm not going to draw conclusions. I don't know if it really was mm -hmm. her, herself, or if it was God through his spirit. Uh, you Projecting know, her to us. Exactly. You know, something that, you know, maybe a, just an image you wouldn't have followed. But this woman, you followed, followed her yeah, several times, and and, uh, and then that can also bring comfort to the family, to Renee and to his father Frank. I, I know the family well. You know that uh, God uh, was on the scene; He was mm -hmm. there, and probably because of that, his life was saved. That's uh, yeah. There would have been nothing. if we had not had. She would not have been. Yeah. We wouldn't. We had no reason to be so far away from the from where the area. actual accident yeah, happened. He was far away from the bridge. Mm -hmm. Furthest, I think. Yeah, the yeah, furthest. Probably the yeah, furthest the we furthest. got from the bridge because we were ready to circle back well, and see what we could do. It just and at the same time, we thought we were just going to recover our body. Yeah. We had no idea that he was, that he was still alive. Wow. He was literally with his head in the water. Wow. Chest up, just floating. And that was a, for a while because Bridget Gosa was in the water for at least 10, 15 minutes, yeah. right? And he was the last one that you recovered. Correct. So he wow. had been in the water for quite a while. Already. Face down. Face most down. likely. Most likely, yeah. Wow. And we didn't have to perform any kind of life-saving. As soon as they flipped him over in the water, he, he just began yelling. Wow. I mean, it was just, we, we were shocked that he was alive. That's yeah. miraculous. It's, it, is, it really is. Uh, the goal of the podcast is, is not to offend anybody or obviously bring bad light of things. I know we got some backlash from... Mm -hmm. Uh, someone that we didn't think was going to be. We would get it from them. Yeah. But uh, that's not our goal. It's, it's not to offend anybody. It's to cover the story from as many credible sources as possible. And I think uh, we're doing a very detailed job. I think this is the most detailed account of what happened on the water that night. And uh, we need your help. We, we want your help to be able to find these people that can come on a show and share their stories and, and and tell us what happened in their own words from what they experienced because I think we also got, uh, I think uh, some people were saying that we're painting a bad picture of the Coast Guard and everything else, but that's what happened that. Chris, if somebody could find Chris. Yeah, here's, here's the Coast Guard's chance to get one of their own to come on and say what they saw. Maybe we had it wrong the whole time, yeah. but until there's the other side of the story, 
our side, which has been the truth since the beginning, 20 years ago. And Even in our affidavits. Yeah. Um, and some of the captains had some things to say about how the Coast Guard uh, were that night as well. Um, Come on. Yeah, and we welcome it. Obviously, um, there, there's just so much depth to this, and, and we want to cover as much as we can because we want to do our due diligence to be able to put out the right content with the correct, uh, everything that happened from that person's perspective, the, even if it's this conversation. The incident merits the, the truth and, and the detail of it. So um, that's, I think that at the end of the day, that's the ultimate, uh, that's the ultimate goal. Um, to really, really inform those who take the time to want to know what happened that night and what it was like to be a part of that, that, that evening or that morning, actually. So once again, thank you for joining the podcast, Pastor Hyde. It's uh, great finally meeting you, hearing about you for so long. Mm-hmm. I, I edited the video, so I keep hearing about your your little part. I was like, I, I feel like I know, know this guy. Him already, yeah. He has that effect on you. Just a little part. <laughs> well, that was a big part for us. For us, yeah, it really was. So once again, guys, thank you all very much, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Yeah.